You ever wonder why we're here? Well, I don't know about you guys, and I mean this on a multitude of levels. Do any of us really know if we're, like, really here? It's 2020. I can't, I don't, I don't have the brain for that in 2020. Why are you doing that? Like, are we talking about God and stuff? Are we, like, really here, man? Are we even real? Welcome to RVB Recall. real and not welcome back to rvp recall we are having a grand old time today we are going to be looking at uh, season 18 rvp zero all those wonderful things that it is called episode five sideways i have with me mark bedonica hey everybody that isn't even there i'm not even here half the time anyway so what's good i don't know i don't know <laughs> anymore i also have with me megan salinas Hey, everybody. Welcome to Schrodinger's podcast. We are both here and not here. We are both recording and not recording at the same time, which is honestly, given some of our technical difficulties, 100% accurate. I'm Katie Cullen. I'm running this ship, such as it may be. So we're here to talk about episode five. We are five for eight at this point. We are pretty much in our third act. What did we think of this episode? Mark, let's start with you. It was wild. This continues to go back to what I've been saying about the rest of the season, which is seeing all of the pieces come together. I have a lot of thoughts about this as an episode, but I don't really feel like I'm going to get to them because I think it would be sort of a disservice to the story because we're still going through it, you know? Like, we got a lot of cliffhangery type stuff. And we're, I mean, we're going to see how it's going to end. And and predictions are one thing, but to be uh, uh, happy, upset, indifferent, all, all the varying ranges of emotions doesn't make sense to me. So I'm just kind of in a state of flux. So it's Schrodinger's emotions about this episode as well. Truly, truly. <laughs> uh, you are absolutely allowed to have thoughts on this as an episode, as well as part of the whole, because it's being presented to us as a singular episode. Oh, no, episode. definitely. Yeah. But like, I think, uh, I, I also think in the sense of it being, because this this is episodic, I know that there's more. So <laughs> wasting energy on like, oh, well, I'll find the answer out next week or the week after the week after that. Um, it, it's, it's more of the anticipatory nature of, I just I just want to see what happens. Like that that's primarily what I, I took away from this episode was the action was top notch and just give me the next one. Can Do we have to wait? Just give me the next one. <laughs> I mean, at the time of this recording, we don't have long to wait. So uh, you'll get your wish soon enough. Megan, what do you think? Uh, I'm I'm right there with you guys in terms of like quantum entanglement when it comes to emotions <laughs> about this particular episode. Uh, the first time around, 
there were a couple be there are a couple things story wise that didn't they weren't deal breakers necessarily, but they didn't necessarily sit right with me. I feel better about them after a second viewing of the episode, or or more specifically, I'm less bothered by them mm. because uh, the action is still absolutely top notch, and it's a lot it's a lot of fun. So it's one of those things where it's it, I uh, I say this a lot on my other podcast that I do. If I wasn't doing a podcast about it, I probably wouldn't be as critical of it as I am being. If I was just watching it passively, I wouldn't I like it would, it would be no big deal. Um uh, but because we're doing a podcast about it where we talk about it for an hour plus every week, I'm like, "Okay, let's let's go ahead and dig into this." That being said, my my story issues aside, uh this was fun. And at the end of the day, like, I think that's the best thing that an action series can deliver is as long as you're still having fun and everybody's still having a good time, it's all good. <laughs> I was, I was just, I, I like, I'm here and I'm agreeing with you, but I was like, all right, here, Katie's going to bring it all home. Anytime now, any minute, here we go. Let's do it. Turned away to get a, a, a my to grab my glass of water, and I turned back around and saw Katie staring into the void in front of the microphone. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And the void stared back and said, "Bounce a bow wow." Oh my god. It has been a while since I have blue screened that hard <laughs> while recording anything. And yet here we are. Oh, Megan, can you add the, the error noise to just the dun? <laughs> Windows has encountered a fatal error. Da, 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 da. Oh my da, god. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus Christ. Katie, what did you think of this episode? I don't know anymore. <laughs> you broke me in the opening gag, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, valid points that this was an episode that was a little better on the second watch. This was an episode that I don't think it was more cohesive on the second watch, but I think it was definitely a bit more like, well, we already know there's shit that we don't know, so let's just sit here and watch the pretty action scenes. Because I definitely remember on my first watch going, who the fuck is that? Where the fuck are they? What? The like, there was a whole bunch of establishing information that simply was not there. And it pulled me right out of it every time it came up. Which was more than once, which is a lot to be pulled out of during a, well, how long was this episode? Like 15? Uh, 12, 15, yeah, maybe maybe closer to 15. I, Katie, I was 100% with you. I hit play and the, the episode started and we were just in it with Griff and whoever those Griff? people were. And I was like, Wait, did Griff? I? Did, I'm sorry. Sorry. I've got, I was, I've been playing Fortnite all day. Um <laughs> We were with, in it with Mercury. And... Yes, I was in it with Mercury. Um, I was in it with uh, with Tucker. And and I was just like, did I miss an episode? And I legitimately, I hit pause. And I went back to last week's episode. And I scrolled to the end. and went, okay, 
okay, this is just picking up right now. But that's like, but that's a movie thing of we've got to go get Tucker. There he is. Like, but it was again as episodic and being like, wait, wait, did they did they just go and get him? Okay, here, all right, here we go. We're just in it. But red versus blue has also not been afraid to give us lower thirds with a location and sometimes a time of day when we are switching things around. Oh, that's something and I want so... to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to talk about lower thirds? Well, no, in the sense of I feel like because this show is trying to be a little bit more cin- cinematic and succeeding, um, we, we keep going back to talking about how, oh, when we see the feature cut, this will probably all feel really good. Um, but one of the things that Red versus Blue, even despite it having previous uh, feature cuts, is um, we always have a little bit of extra time to establish things. And I felt like this episode in particular was like, I'll pick it up. And and eventually it does it does it entirely matter where Tucker is? He was close enough to where they could get to him at a decent time and he was discuss- like like there is a lot of there was a lot of stuff of like, "Oh, what's going Oh, action. That's fine." <laughs> like do the details of where he necessarily is where he is necessarily matter? Jesus Christ on a raft. Okay. <laughs> Do the details necessarily matter? No. But the idea, it could even just say military base outside of the city, and I would be fine with it. Just some some indication that we are changing scenes and going somewhere else with another person. Like, I'd be down for that. But because we didn't have that little bit of establishing expectations, I was thrown. I was thrown by that. I was thrown by the random people in teal suits that showed up and said one thing and then all died. They're going down. (laughs) Ah, that's my line. And I'm like, are you just here to make Zero look good? Because we got that covered already. Like, we covered that last week with you dropped something or whatever that line was. We we covered that. It's (laughs) a reason. There's a reason why his his name is on the show. This is true. Yeah, we didn't get to see any of that fight. Yeah. So there there were just structurally there were enough weird things with this episode that were just like it's much like last week where we have a sudden alien lackey and I was sitting here going, "How the fuck did that happen? What is this?" Now we have more alien lackeys and because I was taken surprised by taken by surprise by them. Boy, it's going to be a good podcast tonight, folks. I can feel it. <laughs> Because they took me by surprise sentence structure. Last week, I was less surprised by them this week. But we still don't really have an explanation for the aliens, aside from their zeros, probably because magical sword, question mark. We don't have an explanation for the teal squad. We don't, we, there's, there's just so much here that shows up like it's been here the whole damn time and just expects you to roll with it. And I have trouble without even just a little bit, uh, even just a line of dialogue saying, hey, we're this team. Hey, these are my alien friends. Hey, whatever. Like, like, I could do with a line of, hey, whatever, just to tell me what the hell is going on. Zero and his alien friends, Wednesdays at 8 on NBC. (laughs) I'm glad you went NBC. My brain went TBS. 
I, I was thinking more like he obtained the Halo equivalent of a Pokeball, and he's just been catching the same type of Pokemon Dude. On, <laughs> over and over again because he wanted a full team. Legit strategy. It's Rata- the equivalent of Ash's herd of Tauros. <laughs> I was going to say the, the Rattata strategy of like Endure and Hyperfang or whatever, it, or in False Swipe. <laughs> like, go yeah. for it, man. Zero is in the top 20% of trainers. <laughs> this is my third Nuzlocke run. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. We are way off base. Oh my god, guys. I I need fan art now of all of the red versus blue characters with their starter Pokemon. I, I just, I need that. I'm sorry. I don't. Well, I didn't mean to derail, but I want it. I want it. Starter Pokemon or, or partner Pokemon? Because I could do that. Teams. I could do that. Full teams. Oh, that's that's way too long. <laughs> Let's go with partner Pokemon. There you go. That's good. Well, here's the thing. Troll the internet. It already exists. I guarantee <laughs> you, with the possible exception of our new characters this season, troll the internet for red versus blue plus, plus Pokemon, and you will have arts of all of our characters with all various Pokemon, and it will be amazing. Well, the problem with searching for red versus blue and Pokemon is there are characters named red and blue. So. Nice try, Katie. We have individual character names in this series. Just, oh my God. Nitpick me, Mark. Why don't you? Come on. Okay, I'll do that. I'll continue to do that. Oh, hey, so it's Tuesday. Cool, 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 cool. All righty. All right, cool, Those great, days when awesome. we record Ruby. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't real laughs. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm in pain. I think this is what pain feels like. <laughs> okay. Dude, congrats right, on so... just figuring that out. That's nuts. What a hell of a life. Hell of a life. Yeah, yeah wonderful. <laughs> so this is all staying in, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Just confirming that everyone gets to see how the sausage gets made on this sucker. All righty. Let's talk about what happened during the episode that isn't just bits of the structure that threw us. Let's talk about let's talk about this little intro scene with Tucker where we get to see him for the first time in a while after not expecting to see him at all this season and we it eases those of us who are familiar back into Tucker's character, and it also gives people who are starting fresh on this season of Red vs. Blue a bit of an introduction. Megan, what did you think of Tucker's introduction? Uh, with the exception of the the bits that we already talked about in terms of, like, I would have liked uh, like a master shot of at least the sign out front of this military facility just to get an idea of where we're at uh apart from kind of wanting that little bit of establishing shot it's it's always nice to see tucker (laughs) i i really enjoy i especially like the idea of all the reds and blues having garnered such a reputation throughout the military and just throughout the galaxy as like these super awesome guys and out of all of them if anybody's going to ride that high of being like, wow, you guys like save the universe and stuff. Tucker is definitely going to be the one to brag about it. <laughs> and um, 
And I thought they did a really good job of sort of establishing that of him, him being like, Hey, did you ever save the universe? I'm sorry. But uh, if you have, then raise your hand. Uh, I very much appreciated that. So it's nice to see him again. Also, I just, <laughs> I really liked that he pointed out that in Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, that Indy's presence in the climax really didn't matter. I have had that conversation with multiple different groups of people, and I'm pretty sure it's been the subject of several articles on like cracked and stuff throughout the internet. So I very much appreciated Tucker pointing that out. Although, to be fair, again, that's like a thousand year old movie where he's from. So, <laughs> yeah, just 500 years. It's fine. <laughs> and everything has been the subject of an article on Cracked at this point. Like, everything. Mark, what did you think? We kind of got distilled Tucker in this scene. And it, I was still more thrown off about, who is that? Where are we? What are we doing? What year is it? Is this happening now? Is this a flashback? Are we going to be? Oh, there's the team. Like that was that was kind of me in this scene, and it it's nice to see him. But I I think this was more of a introduction for people who don't know who Tucker is, and that's fine. Um, it it just was like oh, classic Tucker, cool. Yeah, legit. And I think that's uh, I think that's what we were going for is that we wanted just a little bit of distilled Tucker so we could get people into, all right, this is what he's like. This is what he's about. Cool. Let's roll. And roll we do because right on the heels of Tucker saying he saved the universe himself. It's fine. Carolina, who was definitely there with him, and Shatter Squad show up and everything goes to hell, basically. I do appreciate this moment of who's Viper and we get all those explosions and then, okay, but really, who are they? <laughs> because I've been asking that all season and I really enjoy just kind of hanging a lampshade on that a little bit. And from here on in, I kind of want to talk about Tucker and the trio's adventures. We're going we're gonna to peel them away from the adults fighting. <laughs> so... Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me Carolina, Axel, and Zero is not the adults fighting. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about getting away from the fight. And let's talk a little bit about this first bit with FaZe and Diesel in pursuit on foot. Like, what did we think of this? Just kind of getting things going here. Uh, Mark, what do you think? It, it It's a lot more of what we've seen and a lot more of how well-oiled of a machine they seem to be we and and we still don't know much about them as you said so seeing them rely on each other so much especially with that with like the rocket launcher hit that 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 eventually leads to the car chase was like oh i i have this much trust in this person to protect me and and so i'm very curious as to what the hell diesel is um and and actually now I'm. I might have a theory on that when, whenever when we get to the end of the show, um, but I mean it's it's always impressive. The action has been second to none. I think the cl <laughs> on top of like uh, the type of story and atmosphere that Torian wanted to create with this season, 
I wonder if he went, what if I could take the red versus blues versus tech scene and make it a season, which <laughs> I I totally identify with. And, and it's something that people still go back to and talk about um, because that's kind of how hype all of the action scenes have been. And I'm 100% here for it. That's true. The action scenes have been consistently A plus this season. Absolutely. Megan, what did we think about this this chunk of the proceedings? Uh, I have to concur with Mark. Uh, I think one of the big highlights for me this episode was seeing how how heavily these characters rely on one another and how much trust is there, which I think is interesting because it's like these guys aren't necessarily always on the same page with one another, and yet they still always have each other's backs. Which, uh, or at least these two seem to, um, yeah, uh, that their little um, working in tandem with Diesel stepping out in front to basically just absorb that explosion was really cool and really fun to watch. And yeah, I, I got to be honest, the uh, the mongoose chase scene was absolutely excellent. I know we got a lot of it in the last episode of Knife Wife throwing her knife it landing in a vehicle and then her being able to teleport over to that vehicle. I know we got that in the last one. I am not tired of looking at it. It's so fun. Because <laughs> they were not there yet, but yes. Oh. You're absolutely <laughs> Sorry, right. I didn't mean to jump ahead. That's fine. No, that's we're fine. all allowed like, to sit here and admire Knife Wife. If we're talking, like, because there's something that I want to talk about when we get a little bit further that will reference back to this part of the episode. the The hand-to-hand part. Yeah, for, for me, actually, what stood out was not the teamwork between FaZe and Diesel, because we've seen this before. What stood out to me was watching Shatter Squad kind of grow together now that they've got a common goal, and we've overcome the, well, we just got the shit kicked out of us by the bad guy, and we got taken off the squad, so now we're going to be a better team. Like, we're hitting those beats. I love that we're hitting those beats. And I appreciate that. Go get them, Shatter Squad. And all of them doing the, I believe <laughs> Megan referred to it as the Power Rangers pose. Yeah, I was going to say like Super Sentai. Nice. Yeah, yeah. just right. <laughs> With a follow-up of, that was weird. Well, I, I really liked that moment. One, because I, I adore that very Sentai Power Rangers. Like, I, I adore that particular affectation. Um, but it's also fun because one of the things we've, kind of one of the big things that we've critiqued this season is how the 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 like the very broad hand gestures don't always match up with the line delivery um they don't look natural together well this is one of those instances where the over the top movements does match and does fit 100 <laughs> percent so i'm like okay they like they're aware. They're aware of how cheesy it can look when things don't match up properly. So I, I appreciated that. Oh, yeah. this The execution on this was perfect. And the other little bit of character building that I appreciated was, uh, honestly, for me, Raymond saves so much of the dialogue. There's just so much of his little one-liners, quips, jokes, everything. We, we got one in the Mongoose Pursuit where it's like, not gonna lie, that was a really good line. And then here earlier, we have that, well, I'm all out of gift cards. Do you like poetry? It's really long and none of it rhymes. <laughs> like that, that killed me. And I just, I, I really think that 
Well, I really think a lot of things, but I definitely lost the end of that sentence. <laughs> I like Raymond. Let's let's just let's just leave it at that. I like our ridiculous tech bro. I'm I'm down. So let's move on to this completely insane mongoose pursuit. It's it's more vehicle pursuit. It's more fighting in cars with boys and girls. But goddamn, if it's not amazing, we get to see Faze show off her moves. We get to see Faze versus uh, one the rematch. And then we kind of end this scene a little oddly with FaZe just sticking bombs on both of their vehicles and nobody really reacting to that. So there's there's parts in here that are absolutely amazing, but the end scene is also something that just kind of threw me a little bit. Like, you can see that she stuck something on your mongoose and yet you rode it for another three solid seconds before it exploded without doing so i i was a little thrown by this megan what do you think yeah uh this it's one of those little things in the episode that does take you out of the moment like uh it goes on for just a like a second or two too long where you know um i did appreciate that when the the vehicle explosions did happen a lot like the the walk and talks in earlier episodes this bit did very much feel like old school red versus blue machinima in that like you know just the way with the <laughs> i remember way back in like the early seasons when they wanted to like blow up a warthog so that it spun through the air and landed on top of the base like how long that took them in in like using the in-game engine to try to actually accomplish that feat and you can still watch that blooper reel it's kind of amazing <laughs> exactly so i i appreciate i i think that's what they were going for with that moment but you're you're right um it went on just a hair too long and it's it's just one of the little things in this episode that take you out of the moment and all of those little moments added up together you know do bring this episode down a bit still fun yeah yeah mark what do you think the yeah, whole it, mongoose chase scene and the ending the, i i love i love me some mongoose action I, that that's been been one of my favorite additions to the halo franchise just in terms of playing i've always loved getting on a mongoose with a friend and just terrorizing so to so to see to to see it implemented and this scene in particular was cool rad knife wife rad the aileron role i think i don't think i'm pronouncing that correctly but the not barrel roll was very impressive <laughs> um i i think it, when it came to watching this episode again i still i still want to wait to talk about phase and whatever the hell she is um <laughs> but um if the it, it seemed so easy to oh stick knife in place where cargo boom like we we broke it down it was either last episode or the episode before of like well yeah just you throw the knife over the edge but she can just wait for the knife to land and then go get it and then start slowly throwing it back up um so it it was more of a sense of like i think everybody no that's that's a generalization and that's not fair but i i wonder how many people were like well why didn't you just use 
the knife, you knife pervert. Like what, what sort of, what, why did it be Hoover to blow up the, the vehicles when they were close to the drop ship and the base or whatever that was like there was, there was so much happening that it was another moment to go, wait, why did that happen? And uh, being pulled out, I think, uh, yeah, this is the, this is an episode where a lot of stuff like took me out of the show. And, uh, and it's also stuff that I know can and will be answered hopefully before the end of the season but um that was one of those moments where it's like why don't you just use your knife yeah anyway yeah I, i feel you there there is turn your brain off entertainment and there is absolutely nothing wrong with turn your brain off entertainment and i think that this season is going for a lot more style than we've had in previous red versus blue seasons and that's fine but you do still have, like, if you want cake with a lot of frosting, you still want cake. So when all you have is frosting, frosting is great, but you kind of wonder what happened to the cake. And I think that's where we are, is that the frosting has been goddamn amazing this entire time. But occasionally you just get a mouthful and there's no cake and you go, where the fuck is the cake? And we had more than one instance of missing cake this episode to the point where we've really noticed and I'm sincerely hoping that metaphor made sense. Yes. <laughs> no, no confirmation from anyone? No? Okay. I uh, thought you were, you were asking the audience. I thought this was a Blue's Clues moment. <laughs> if I hear children screaming in my household telling me to do things, we're going to have more than one problem to deal with tonight. <laughs> do you know where the cake is? It's a lie. Oh. <laughs> I know where it is, but I ain't going after it. Anyway, the the culmination of this chase scene and of this subsequent kind of weird explosion is one is down, Raymond is out, and East is having some trouble with her glitching thing, but she and Tucker got thrown pretty much into the plane. So the idea is that the two of them are to go in and take off, and Tucker gets a half of that done. And then we get the big reveal of this episode. That East, as it turns out, is not herself. She is what is known as a hollow echo, which, from the context clues that we have, seems to be a completely autonomous copy of a person made out of hard light, question mark? We but that's the thing, know. we don't know. We don't know. So, like, the whole, the whole <laughs> thing... That's the thing of, like, getting... Like getting worked up is like, but why in this and why did they fight if it was just going to be a thing of she gained control? Does she have to be close enough? Like it's a whole bunch of stuff where there's a whole bunch of questions and we just got to (laughs) wait. See, I was going to I was going to save this bit of discussion for later, but I think it makes more sense here. Um, Did East know? Because my question, looking at this hollow echo and looking at this whole thing, is: Did East know that she? Did East know that she was part of Face? Did East think that she was her own person, or did she have just enough of those memories of oh, abandoned by dad, oh, experimented on, yada yada yada? And if so, how long had she been with Shatter Squad for them not to know? How long has Shatter Squad existed? Like 
there's a lot of questions here, but for me, they kind of begin and end with East's personhood, such as it may or may not have been. We're talking about Schrodinger here, Schrodinger's personhood for her. Megan, allow me to dump this large bundle of questions into your lap. <laughs> okay, so there are lots of different threads we could pull on here. Um, I'm going to, first of all, Katie, I need to commend you for calling it very, very early. I think it was like episode two or something where you said, I don't think that, um, I think that East might be a clone or or something so like I think East is the echo and I think on this podcast literally recorded out there for for everyone to hear I said out loud with my human mouth that's a little out there Katie I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) so I have to commend you for totally calling it I definitely did not see it coming that that early on so well done pick up the fucking phone because I called it. Admittedly, that was only like 20 minutes of screen time ago, so it's fine. (laughs) Fair. Um, That being said, if I were to venture a guess, I would guess that no, East did not know. Um, I think that in order to successfully accomplish this ruse, um, she would have been given whatever selective memories phase thought would uh would make for a good cover basically i i think she it was like the equivalent of like a sleeper cell where or like manchurian candidate sort of deal where she's completely unaware of it until it's too late i could be wrong on that she might just be a very good actress <laughs> um or her autonomy might have just been completely under phase's control. I'm not sure, but if I were to venture a guess, I would assume that she did not know. And who knows, we might even have like a little power of friendship moment a little later on because it's entirely possible that uh phase splitting her her consciousness into two different beings Um, like it could be that like that does affect her emotionally when she becomes whole again. So I don't know. We will, we will have to wait and see, but my first, my first instinct is no, East was unaware. I like to think that East is just up there chilling in Faze's head, like abridged piccolo and nail. (laughs) Just terrible commentary the whole time. Uh, Mark, did you also want to pull on these threads? Well, like, it's just, it's a thing of we will probably get our answers, whether we get them within the next few episodes or, like, afterwards or whatever, or through some, like, snappy dialogue when West confronts FaZe at a, like, in in and around the finale, if if he heals. But um, it's a... It, it, it's for me it's I, I gotta wait and see because how if if she was completely autonomous what caused her to do a stab like what when did when did the reintegration begin like wh- was it when they fought did phase do something where it was like boop all right in about 10 minutes you're gonna completely break down and and come back to mama um i i really i really don't know and it's one of those things where i'm just gonna sit cross my hands and wait 
I mean, legitimate strategy. It's entirely camping. possible that FaZe would... Yeah, exactly. Camping. It's entirely possible that FaZe would have been able to take over East at any point in time, and this just happened to be the opportune moment, capital O, capital M. Uh... Who even knows? We certainly don't. We may find out later. Raymond seems to know a good amount about Hollow Echoes and whether or not they seem to be possible, which I guess the going theory was no right up until he found out that it was yes. So yeah, that is a whole lot of we shall see. In the meantime, we uh, <laughs> the crux of this is that East, before she becomes Faze again, just Straight up stabs Tucker. Just stabs him. Right in the gut. Pulls a Felix. It's great. It's great. We love it. We don't love it. And then we have confirmation, such as it may be, telling Carolina that Tucker is dead. So I guess my question here is, uh, do we buy it? Mark, what do you think? We don't have any reason to not yet. I think it's a hard thing to grasp and swallow. But if why one doesn't have any reason to lie it sounded like she was being sincere in the way that she was conveying the news i you know it may start next week's episode may start with a funeral who knows and it might be a a thing of a way to get the red versus blues back involved or at least like around who the reds and blues excuse me um but I, I don't know. I, it's, it sounds legit. And it felt by the time we got to that, it felt like we got to a, like we got one more little bit of Tucker and all of the stuff that Tucker's known for before he, he, uh, he kicked that there bucket. So it seems legit to me. Legit. Megan, what do you think? I don't buy it for a second. Um, I I don't think this is the way you kill off Lavernius Tucker. Um <laughs> although he he would want to die as he lived, mildly annoying uh, a pretty girl next to him. Um so that that is fair. Um but I don't think this is how you kill off Tucker. My first thought was we didn't get to see him fight at all in this episode. Um And it would seem weird to bring him into such a heavy action-oriented season and not give him one action scene. Even, like, even if, like, their intent was killing him off, it would seem odd not to give him a moment to actually use his sword, which is the whole reason why he's here. Second of all, we didn't actually see the sword activate after his supposed death um you know zero both zero and phase just kind of held it neither of them activated it so that in and of itself would have acted as confirmation of his death if either of them were able to use it that would have confirmed yes lavernius tucker is dead But because the show took a step back and didn't do that, then, you know, it's essentially the red versus blue equivalent of no body, no death. (laughs) Because that's what happened. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're a genius. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're a genius because 
all of this was according to plan. I don't, they, this was the plan that Shatter Squad came up with was to fake Tucker's death so that they could have a little bit of a drop on uh, Viper Squad and maybe East has a little bit more control than we know. And and as a result, is going went and uh, infiltrated Viper Squad, and uh, in order to give Shatter Squad a little bit more of a because her question at the end, you don't know what it does, do, do you? Uh, could have been a leading question to try to figure out the plan. This oh man, this is <laughs> this is no no no, no this is. I really, I really don't know that much about Fast and the Furious, but what I do know, this fits. <laughs> this, this really fits, and uh, I, I think that might be, like, I don't know if they were, if they were afraid that their comms were going to get intercepted, so they had to play the whole thing off. But maybe instead of a, instead of a funeral, it starts with, all right, everybody played their part perfectly. Now let's find them. Before they reach the last temple. Megan, you're a genius. <laughs> well, you Thank can take you. it you can take Mark out of the conspiracy corner, but you can't take the conspiracy corner out of Mark. I live here. <laughs> I love it. In your heart. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. Um I do kind of want to throw a wrench in that a little bit because we know the sword also kind of gloms on to the first person to activate it after its previous wielder's death. So it is entirely possible that FaZe didn't activate it because she knew that Zero would want to. So that's a possibility. But Zero also didn't activate it. Yeah, that. Basically. So again, I am also kind of in the no body, no death corner. Partially because I have been so steeped in blood gulch plot armor and vulnerability for so long that I'm having a little trouble believing it would be so easily upended. And partially because, yeah, we didn't see anyone else activate that sword. And at the, this was a whole ass plot point during season 13. And at the end of 13, that was how we confirmed Felix's death was Locus's ability to pick up that sword and activate it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also kind of in the, nah, he's not dead camp. So we will, uh, we'll see how that goes next week. Or not. It might be something we don't reveal until episode 7. I don't know how this is structured. <laughs> it may be a continuing cliffhanger. But regardless... It's it's the opposite. So it's what's happening with West slash Phase is the same thing that's happening on Ruby with Penny. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, no. Like, yes. like they're... Yes, yes. They fi- they figured out with the echo because because Raymond knew what it, what was happening that that is sort of an establishment that this is kind of this kind of a thing exists. So they've been talking about East working on it, and what if the idea was to reintegrate with Phase and uh, essentially assume control. 
I'm legitimately imagining you just stringing one large ball of yarn from the conspiracy corner in our ruby mansion down to our red versus blue bunker over here. Just one, just one long strand of red yarn starts between the two. Oh, there's there's room there's room for all sorts of conspiracies in the conspiracy corner. This one in particular has a pink thread. Aww, that's cute as hell. Also, don't you I'm mean terrified. lightish red? No, I don't. I mean pink. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's lighter shred. Uh, <laughs> anyway, before we move on to uh, before we move on to mom and dad and dad are fighting. <laughs> we should, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about iTunes and other various podcasting apps, but mostly iTunes. Thank you to everyone who has gone on to our iTunes, who has rated, who has subscribed, who has left a review, who has done all of those wonderful little things. It really helps with our metrics. It really helps with our numbers. And it really helps other people who are not yet familiar with the beauty and the madness of this entire thing find this podcast and join us in that beauty and madness. So thank you to everyone who has supported us that way. If you are in an iTunes store or if you are in a podcast app that is not the American iTunes store, we have a harder time finding your reviews because iTunes is persnickety that way. So if you're in a non-American iTunes store or if you are in a podcast app that is not iTunes and you leave a review or a comment, please, please, please take a screen cap of it and tweet it to us at the Rooster Team. We would love to be able to give you a shout out in the same way that we give shout outs to our new iTunes comments. Speaking of which, Mark, do we have any new ones this week? We do not, but we do have some social comments in particular to Red vs. Blue, if uh, yeah. at the second. Um, Shadow Angel. Uh, who just recently started catching back up on podcasts, but uh, asks, what if Dr. Gray is working at Starlight Labs, or worse, slash better, in charge of the facility? What a terrifying, terrifying implication. I feel like we have slightly too much evil going on here for her to really be involved with it. Because she's terrifying, but she has something vaguely resembling scruples when it terms to mm. when, in terms of fucking over patients. Yeah, I I was just gonna say that would make a lot of sense, <laughs> not, <laughs> not to undermine what you just said. Experiment, <laughs> like the the amount of experimentation could validate it. Yeah, I mean, it it really could go either way. We're all allowed to have opinions. That's why we have a podcast, Opinions Plus Platform. Shadow Angel also said, so thank you very much, Shadow Angel, for uh, responding to our Red versus Blue stuff. I have to admit that I have <laughs> I have my third waifu in phase from zero. <laughs> uh, I have my third, wait, what? I have, it's a, it's a unique comment. I think what they're trying to say is um, phase is their main waifu, but they love the voice acting in general. Which I totally agree with. All of the the voice acting and the action have been real highlights in this series, and and I think it it makes it a lot easier to connect with all of these characters. Absolutely. I'm also kind of curious as to who the other two waifus are. I guess we'll find out if well one one of them being um oh wait never mind I got confused with zero and one yeah no it's fine. <laughs> My brain was like, tell us your waifus. And I'm like, that way lies madness. <laughs> so um, only if they're red versus blue waifus. 
anyway, thank you to everyone who is listening, who is supporting us with your comments. We love, 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 love hearing from you guys. And if you would like to support us in another way and also get lovely things out of us, we do have a sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Fred He Bakes. He's doing cookies and they are just in time for the holiday season and they are super, super good, y'all. We have the Brown Sugar Buddy, which is his flagship cookie. It's like a cross between a spice cookie and a molasses cookie and a ginger snap. It is soft, it is chewy, it is unbelievably good. Highly recommend. If you prefer more fall flavors in your cookies, we have the Maple Brown Sugar Buddy, which is all of that goodness and also maple. And seriously, guys, dip this one in your coffee, your tea, your hot chocolate, your spiced apple cider, all of that great stuff. Super, super good. Highly recommend that one, too. And if you are less of a spice cookie person and more of a chocolate chip person, Fred has you covered. He does this wonderful chocolate chip cookie called the Big Chip Buddy. They are huge. They are huge. They are huge. They are giant. They are big, soft, fluffy cookies, chock full of chocolate chips. They are a little more difficult to drink into your hot, to dip into your hot winter drink of choice because of their size, unless you have a really big mug, but hey, so do we. It's, it's getting cooler out here and the big mugs are amazing. And if you're like me, and you like getting a little bit of everything, he also does sampler boxes. So you can get all sorts of different types of cookies and then decide the ones you like the best, which is generally all of them, and then order more. So if you are interested, if you would like to obtain cookies for yourself or as a fantastic holiday gift, hey, head over to fredhebakes.com. That's three words, fredhebakes.com. And use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That is fredhebakes.com and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Treat yourself and treat other people because you, and presumably they, deserve it. All right, let's talk about mom and dad and dad fighting. And that is what I'm going to call it, goddammit. There is room for more than one dad in this series. Are you sure it's not mom and dad and daddy? Okay. It's more like mom and dad and weird ass estranged uncle that we're not sure we like. But yeah. Not hot uncle, which I think is what Megan is getting at. <laughs> mom and dad and that uncle, you're pretty sure you don't want to see at Thanksgiving. But is he that really is. your uncle? <laughs> he might be. We don't know. So part of what we have here, we, we, we have this introduction and subsequent extremely quick death of this squad in teal armor, which, again, we, we already kind of covered that we don't know who they are or why they existed, but they were there. And that gives us a little bit of breathing room to segue into Carolina and Axel going up against Zero themselves. And we do have Carolina asking Axel, well, what's your history? Well, I tried to kill him. Yeah, that'll do it. And that turning into, is there more to that story? And there presumably is, but Axel is not about to tell us. Uh, we are flying those daddy death flags very high when Zero starts beating on Axel and asking him if his family has made him soft. And also we have an autonomous sword just kind of doing its own thing <laughs> and holding off Carolina. Like... This entire fight scene, it was solid, but it was also kind of weird. Like, Megan, you want to take this one? You want to talk to us about mom and dad and weird uncle? Uh, I, I mean, again, the action's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, getting to see uh, Carolina and Axel, like, 
I, I'm not sure if they were vaporizing the alien henchmen or if they were transporting them somewhere else, a la um, the the cubes from the other from seasons past. I think mm. they might have been banishing them back to whence they came. I think these were <laughs> I think these were summons that ran out of HP. I don't think we had portable future cube guns. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I'm not sure, but it was cool to see them just, like, evaporate into midair. Um, and I, I do have to agree that the teal fighter guys literally seem to be there just to buy time for um, Axel and Carolina to, to get rid of the alien henchmen um, before they, they um, you know, went toe-to-toe with Zero. That being said, I, I I really got a kick out of seeing the sword just sort of flying around <laughs> and doing its own thing, attacking Carolina. Um, I couldn't tell you, like, it reminds me of something, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me what specific, like, what specific fight scene it reminds me of. But um, it was very reminiscent of something that's escaping me. But I, I got a kick out of it. Um, that being said, I do... I am really invested in this story between Axel and Zero. Um, like, I'm really invested in seeing where that goes and how that ultimately ends up resolving itself. Because we we did get that flashback two episodes ago. Um, but we really still don't have a ton of context for their relationship. Um, and again, it makes me think that zero cared about axel more than axel cared about zero <laughs> if that makes any sense um so so that it makes me interested to see how this all ultimately resolves itself we could have had everything you could have run away with me dude i i will take jilted lover are you kidding me i mean he, zero at one point in the fight did say i always liked you <laughs> <laughs> come on man it's right there uh, it's I'm nothing's worse it. than getting the like i love you i like you like that's the worst oh <laughs> thanks i love you you're worthy of my grace uh anyway yeah mark what did you think of this uh it's funny <laughs> that we were talking about pokemon because clearly zero is uh, his best friend is a hone edge if, if anybody's familiar with that Pokemon, the steel ghost Pokemon that is literally a floating, uh, floating soul sword. Um, Cause that's, that's the vibe I was getting. I was like, Oh, it's a Pokemon battle. Um, I liked the, the vibe we were getting from how uh, Carolina was trying to deal with everything. And uh, I, it makes me want to see her wield a sword as well. Because to me that, that gave me the impression of, um oh we've got swords and we and like we're dealing with swords we're not dealing with firepower that that's not necessarily out of her comfort zone because i think she can totally handle herself in that situation but now i wonder how she will like how they will properly prepare themselves moving forward now that they all have the experience of fighting zero Mm. forewarned is forearmed right how many arms does she have enough oh god carolina has two hands and she can <laughs> bring a shipping meme into combat why the hell not evidently i live in the love loft uh yeah this 
I enjoyed this fight scene for what it was. I don't think there was a whole lot in terms of moving plot or character forward because we already knew that Zero and Axel had history. We already knew that there was an attempt from Zero to appeal to Axel, the whole run away with me thing. <laughs> like, again, seriously, I ship it now. It's the best and the worst. <laughs> I'm in. I'm You're in. Welcome. Let's go. No regrets. Um, I was the one that made that joke about shipping. What do you mean? You're welcome. <laughs> Excuse you. I launched this ship. No. <laughs> Fandom launched this ship on day one. I'm just boarding at the port. Yeah, I love the choreography. Really do appre appreciate the, uh, the hone edge up in here. And I think that is the sword's name now until we get another one. But I don't think this particular fight scene brought much to the story. It was, it was there. It was fun, but it was, uh, there. Hey, yeah, sometimes that's okay. It's the necessary beat that you have to hit before they have their final showdown, you know? Because we've already had one, one instance of Axel and Zero facing off on the battlefield. Then we had this moment. Now we just need it to happen one more time for Act 3. That's how it goes. True. True. I think I'll save that for predictions. Uh, and we, we end this episode with a nice little Viper Squad scene. Very cozy. Very, very nice. Our team getting back together. Uh, noting here that, yes, we see the sword, but no one seems to have activated it yet. Which, again, makes me think that Tucker is not dead. But we also have FaZe questioning Zero. Asking him what the ultimate power is, and does he know? And Zero gives a whole lot of bluster and a whole lot of redirect and the I don't acknowledge people less powerful than me is okay great villain line dude sure and instead of giving an answer turns on phase and essentially tells her you can work with me to reshape the world or you can get out and be alone again so this read to me as just some massive bluffing. He knows something about the quote-unquote ultimate power, but knows literally nothing else about it. And we're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants to see what the, uh, to see what the MacGuffin is on the other side of the triple-locked door. Uh, Mark, what's your take? I, th I wonder if we're, we're going to get a flip still. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, as the... Shades of Grey seem to be getting a little bit more intense between the people that we think are the heroes and uh, and the people that we think are the villains. I wonder if it truly is a a power source. Like, hearing ultimate power, ultimate power, ultimate power is is whatever. And even though he doesn't know what it is, it, it or he may know what it is and he's just not letting on. It could be something that he's... We still don't know why like a for sure why and um if it's for self-power if it's to power this if it's to power that um and I, I don't necessarily have an idea about it one way or another it, it's just we're gonna have more guards more swords more fights and and we're gonna get sort of an exp and I, I figure i hope we're gonna get an explanation before too long I'm kind of in that boat with you. I, I think we saw a little bit of this in the initial trailer where we saw Shatter Squad facing off with some of the aliens that we've seen 
guarding some of these places, and I could be misremembering that completely. It has been an extremely long five weeks, but I think I think you're right there, and I'm also with you on hoping that we'll get an explanation behind the motive sooner rather than later. Megan, what do you think? I made a prediction very early uh, in this season that the the ultimate power that they were seeking was potentially something that was going to backfire on them, something like the flood being being unleashed. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I threw that out specifically as a possibility. You still want it. Let's be real. I I very much do. I don't think it's the flood specifically, but I also don't really think that the nod to Raiders of the Lost Ark was also just an mm. offhanded reference. <laughs> I, yeah, dude. I, I legit think that they uh, that they brought that up as a little bit of a wink and a nudge as foreshadowing for ultimately what's going to happen to Zero and um, potentially the rest of Viper Squad in the end. I think that this seeking the ultimate power whatever it ends up being is going to be his undoing and that our, our heroes or shatter squad are are going to have very little to do with his downfall. I, I think it's just him seeking power for power's sake ultimately is going to thing to is go, ultimately going to be the thing that takes him down is his own, his own greed and his own arrogance regarding that ultimate power. That's my thought hubris yes <laughs> the true villain of the story i i kind of like the idea of sliding into predictions at this point i uh i want to lay one out here I'll lay several out but they all kind of go together um mark has convinced me i would not be surprised if Faye swaps sides before the end and kind of goes back to dad as it were i would also not be surprised if our final axel versus zero fight ends with Zero killing Axel and One having to step in and take over and finish Zero. I don't want Axel to die, but, you know, daddy death flags, here we are. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am for the rest of this series. The one thing I don't have a prediction for is whether we'll ever get another line of dialogue from Wash. Like, that could go either way. Uh, Mark, what do you think? I'm back. Um, <laughs> Were you gone? Um, I just we we I it was such a quick circle. Um, I I think this is going to lead to like an all hands, anybody who's available, and like at the last second before they go out there, like Carolina is going to get a hand on her shoulder, and 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 Wash is going to be like, "No, we're doing this. We're family," or like whatever. So you know something. Wow. <laughs> yes. You know, like I I, I figure something like something like that will happen because if if this is a fast and the furious analog there's gotta be there's gotta be big bombastic action scenes with everybody in it somebody flexing and breaking a cast (laughs) yeah or or somebody like eating spicy food and turning into a car (laughs) Uh, i have no words i have no words for that (laughs) Blue shelled at the finish line. Alrighty. I just remembered. <laughs> We're so close. Wait, we wait, 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 we wait. So close. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so they have 
Viper Squad has the key. I think we all know what the ultimate power is. It's Turbo Teen. It has to be Turbo Teen, right? It's Turbo Teen. It fits with the Fast and the Furious because in this world where we're having a red versus blue Fast and the Furious type of story, the ultimate power would be the ability to turn into a vehicle. I thought the ultimate power in Fast and Furious stories was family. Is family. That's, I mean, the, that's the real ultimate power. That's the, the true lesson that Zero needs to learn. But the, the ultimate power that he's chasing, quote unquote, is the ability to become Turbo Teen. Hell yeah. <laughs> Either that or Turbo Teen is just the byproduct of a terrifying um, experiment that Starlight Labs is doing. I don't know. Yeah, we started this podcast off the rails, so I'm not surprised that we're here at this point. Um, I think we can probably just call it. I think we can call it. We we got in the obligatory Turbo Teen reference. That was the uh, back it up, everybody. That was the last. Yeah, kind of. Time to pick a victory lap, baby. That was the last little checkmark on this podcast to do list. We we talked about tucker and whether or not he might be alive we talked about mom and dad and uncle fighting we talked about viper squad having a little family breakup we talked about echo and schrodinger's her name isn't echo wow (laughs) i have been watching a lot of overwatch contenders recently and there's been a lot of echo plays so my brain's like echo is a name uh yeah we 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 got east and schrodinger's personhood we we got katie completely losing a bunch of sentences halfway through and that's fine and we have the obligatory turbo teen reference in the middle of our predictions so um that's a completed to-do list for me does anyone else have anything else to say about this episode uh this season can't end without tucker using his sword to say swish swish stab and then stabbing zero <laughs> like it, it can't end without that i'm sorry i thought i don't know why but i thought you were gonna say this season can't end soon enough man like it's just, <laughs> i don't i don't know why i thought that's where you were going with it but it more in the sense of like i can't wait to watch this all again as a movie yes yes and 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 it's episodes like this where i'm like movie please yeah, like it was not in any capacity a bad episode, but it's definitely something that felt more like part of a whole than an episode in and of itself. And, you yeah. know, it is part of a whole, so here we are. Yes. Next episode, let's see if we get some answers or just more crazy action. Both are acceptable. In the meantime, Mark, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Mark B. Donica. Um, I've been tweeting, I've been tweeting, I've been twitching a lot of Minecraft, but I think I'm getting to a point where it's, it's just going to be me staring at menus for a while. So, um, we're, we're doing squadrons, uh, we're doing, uh, immortals Phoenix rising, which has been getting a lot of great reviews and I'm really excited to start it because it's like ancient Greek breath of the wild. And that sounds rad. Um, and I have, Hades, but I haven't started it yet. So probably pro- some one of one of those probably. Um, but uh, make sure to check all of that out. I do a podcast with my wife called Party of Two, which you can find on Twitter at Party of Two Pod. 
It is about theme parks, and we are having our season finale this Sunday on Twitch. Make sure to check us out and join us then. And we release our episodes every Wednesday after that, and we're going to be taking a break for uh, the rest of the year and the beginning of the new year and try to just sort of reestablish our lives because what a what a hell of a year it's been, and we're going to need some time, everybody. But thank you so much, uh, and, and uh, hope to see you on the social medias. Megan? I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I also do a Lost retrospective podcast where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. And we talk about it. And what's that podcast called? No Love Lost. Didn't Did I not say that? I no. thought you did. <laughs> I thought I did too. No. <laughs> the upside of autopilot. Anyway. I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to these episodes, to Rooster Teeth Properties, and to other fun things, those are on that YouTube channel. I am also on a podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast. We are currently on hiatus because the season's on hiatus too, but, you know, still a good time. Still come check that out. We have fun. Be sure to check out the entire team on Twitter at the Rooster Team. Check us out on Anchor at the Rooster Team. Basically, everything's under the Rooster Team. Come say hi. Come check out the Tea Public where we have all sorts of cool designs. I still am super happy with the I Hate the Ships You Like shirt. Media Has Ruined Me is also a wonderful design that we have up there because it's absolutely true. So, uh, join our Discord server. The link to join that should be in the episode description. Stop by, say hi, have a good time. It is great. Uh, if you do want to support us, remember that supporting our sponsor supports us. So head to fredhebakes.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. Also, you know, like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And of course, we end with the important things. Wear a mask. Anytime you go outside, even if you're just walking your dog or getting the mail or whatever, even if you don't think that you will be in contact with another human being, wear a mask. Because you cannot account for anyone else's movements or decisions, but you can account for your own. And wearing a mask protects you a little bit and protects everyone else a lot. And that's kind of the point. Support your essential workers. Be patient with them. They don't really have the option of staying home right now. So, you know, be chill. Support the post office because they're also dealing with shenanigans and it's a super busy season right now. So be patient with them, buy stamps, support them. Black lives matter. Black LGBTQIA lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black lives matter. That has not changed. That is not going to change. Black lives matter. Thank you for voting. Thank you for voting. Thank you for voting. Thank you for voting. If you're in Georgia, we're going to need you to do it again in the runoff. But regardless, thank you for voting. Please continue to wear a mask. Just, it's, it's, it's save a human life with a menial task, guys. Come on, just wear your mask. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Because that's the only way we're going to get through this is if we take care of each other. And remember that we love you. Thank you all for listening. This has been RVB Recall. Over and out. Thank you.